Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3Cast. My name is Brian, with me as always are Vince and Zach, and we are going to talk about uh, an event tonight from, is it 99? Yes it is, 1999, written by Jeff Johns, illustrated by Matthew Dow Smith. This is Day of Judgment, and uh, Zachary Wilkerson, come on down, you are leading us to this book tonight. Okay, I like that you specified that it was the Matthew Smith, the comic artist, and not Matt Smith, the Eleventh Doctor. Um, thank you for for clarifying. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> anytime I see that artist's name on a book, I'm like, oh yeah, Doctor Who, because my brain is cursed like that. Um, You're a sicko. I'm a sicko. Vince has the yes. receipt. Yes. <laughs> Um, so have either of you ever read day of judgment before i'm gonna guess brian probably has i've read it at least twice yes okay vince you i've I've not had the pleasure no uh me either um it's uh, actually like as much of a john's head as i have been in the past um a lot of his early stuff is i've never actually read it like um i've only read bits of his flash bits of his JSA, little bits of teen, pretty much everything pre-Green Lantern Rebirth I've only dabbled in. Um, so um, this was interesting. Um, so kind of prepping for covering this, I had already, um, you know, as I've talked about, been reading Morrison's JLA um which this which feeds into this a little bit but i i also didn't realize that there is a jla mini series that is kind of the bridge between uh the jla arc that introduces zoriel and asmodel who is one of the antagonists in this um it's a three issue mini called jla paradise lost and it's written by mark millar and our um recent buddy Ariel Olivetti um and it basically just kind of shows like how Asmodel gets to hell at the where, where we find him at the beginning of Day of Judgment okay. um so this is this is feeding off of that and then also um this is also following up on plot threads from Final Night and Underworld Unleashed to a, like a small bit mm-hmm. um Neuron shows up. That's essentially it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Neuron's here again. Um, but yeah, there's a big magic event, and I feel like there's a lot of DC three nip in this. But but we'll get to it. Um, well, can I ask a question first? Yeah. Just you know, not getting into the minutia of it, but just in in terms of um, you know, enjoy an enjoyable read. Did you guys enjoy this book? I did, I think I did. Yeah, it was it was nice and it was nice and breezy, and I like that in an event. Yeah, I mean it's five issues. There were tie-ins. So I can didn't I, can read. I, it. Can I talk about the tie-ins for a second? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. So the the tie-in. So you, basically, a part of this book is that hell opens up and demons come onto Earth, like they they are running amok on Earth, and every book got a demon in their book essentially so it was like you know superman deals with a demon in metropolis and batman deals with one in gotham 
And so the only one that I had read, not for this, I read it last year for my Shazam. No, I'm sorry, earlier this year for my um, JSA read through. I read both the um, Stars and Stripe issue, which is written by Johns. So it connects, I guess, a tiny bit more. But that's also the first time I think that Johns ever writes Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel shows up with the Marvel family in Blue Valley to fight alongside Stargirl and Stripe. And I had also read the Hour Man issue. And what's really interesting is that when I, I had interviewed Tom Payer about that book earlier this year, and he said that whenever he had, like, he didn't mind doing crossovers and tie ins, but his deal with himself was that if he was going to introduce a character, it was going to stick around. So the demon that shows up in that book is a member of the cast until the book is canceled. Like, every, every other demon went back to hell, but that one stayed. Mm, that's, um, that's very cool. Yeah, so it's it, 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 that's actually a very fun character, um, and I'm I'm blanking on his name, of course, because why would I remember it now? But it's it's kind of a fun bit. So I don't think the tie-ins were at all plot driven. It was just let's take the demon from Day and Judgment, Day of Judgment, and put it inside of this book, whatever it is. So I, I don't think you missed anything. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I was going to say the only tie-ins that I did read were um, kind of things that were like um epilogues to the main series so i read the jla issue and i read the short two-page story that johns did in the secret files okay um which is kind of semi it's weird that it's not in the main book really (laughs) (laughs) it's very weird it completely changes the arc for one character um weirdly enough um but Day of Judgment kicks off in hell, as you do, um, with Asmodel, who, who is an angel that was created by Grant Morrison in his JLA run, um, was a villain of, a, of an arc. And over the course of that and that um, Paradise Lost mini, uh, he ends up in hell and um, the demon Etrigan comes and um, offers him a proposition um, essentially um, offering to bind him to the Spectre, who had also just come back recently in Morrison's JLA um, without a, uh, a host. host. Yeah. yeah, a human host. Who had, Previously, that had been um, Jim Corrigan. Um, and so now the Spectre's just running around, and so the the demon uses some some demon magic to bind the specter to asmodel and they they uh raise some hell you know um <laughs> literally um and like brian alluded to a bunch of uh demons start appearing on earth and uh this this kind of attracts a lot of um dc heroes particularly magic uh, characters. The first major character we see is Zatanna. She's doing a show. Um, we see uh, the Enchantress of Suicide Squad. Um, what's her real name? June? June Moon. June Moon. June Moon. Um, so June Moon is in, a, is in an asylum or, or a mental institution uh, named after John Ostrander, it looks like. Um, and uh, she is repossessed by the Enchantress, and she escapes and uh, runs into Kyle Rayner, um, which I did flip through one of the, the, the Green Lantern tie-in, and it looks like it deals with 
at least partially Kyle running into her, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, so uh, all kind of uh, all the characters, you know, convene where this uh, Spectre Asmodel hybrid is kind of wreaking havoc. And, uh, you know, they, they all kind of, you know, make an, an effort of beating them up, beating them around. And, and they all they all kind of get dispatched in various ways. Uh, Superman gets very various like biblical ways for the most part. Like mm-hmm. Superman gets turned to salt, a pillar of salt. Um, I, I can't. That was the only one that stuck out in my mind. I don't know. Um, um, well, the we- the weirdest one was that Argent and Wildcat got those like fly larvae in their eyes. Yes. Okay. Like a plague of flies. Yeah, yeah. Kyle got um, turned to wood. Oh yeah, Kyle, that's right. Kyle did get turned to wood, which I thought was an interesting. I don't, I don't know if that was an intentional nod to like Alan Scott and his wood weakness. Um, probably just a coincidence. I don't know. Um, but the the first issue ends with kind of the main heroes being taken out. Um leading to the big reveal of a, a new magic team called the Sentinels of Magic, uh, made up of uh, Madame Xanadu, Alan Scott, Dr. Occult, Raven, Zatanna, a Phantom Stranger, Deadman, Ragman, and Faust, who is the son of Felix Faust. Um, which is a pretty good reveal, I think. Yeah, that's a fun mm-hmm. team. Yeah. I have two notes uh, about about this. Uh, the first is that go ahead. I feel like Faust is drawn just like any other character from the '90s. Like he's a leather jacket, he's wearing sunglasses. Maybe it's he Jack looks Knight. a lot like Jack Knight. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's Jack Knight. Maybe it's Faust. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but did you guys get from Matt Smith's art in this like an early Mignola vibe? Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to mention that. To me, this feels a lot like um, uh, Cosmic Odyssey era Mignola. Yeah. Uh, And the one thing I'll say about that is that, like, I I really enjoy this art. There are, there are, from time to time, some what appears to be some shortcuts taken, I think, but like. For the most part, this looks really great. But 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 if you set this, if you compare this to Cosmic Odyssey, you can see why Mignola is Mignola. Yes. You know, versus why Matt Smith is a very talented artist, obviously, but is not quite Mike Mignola. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He does a lot of stuff with, and maybe this is actually on Steve Mitchell, the inker, but he does a lot of stuff with really heavy shadow, the way Mignola does. Like mm-hmm. for instance, his Raven—you almost never see Raven's face mm-hmm. because she's just like enwrapped in in shadow. And I love that. I think that's a great look, especially for these magical characters. Um, but again, I don't know how much of that is Matt Smith versus Steve Mitchell, the inker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of the anatomy too is like very Mignola-esque, especially you know like early Cosmic Odyssey, early Hellboy stuff. It, mm-hmm. There's a a lot of the the like posing and things see especially like his dead man feels just straight yes. out of hellboy or something and absolutely his etri- yeah his, his, etrigan, his etrigan too yeah. because and that's a big part of cosmic odyssey so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. exactly exactly um so anything else about issue one 
Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, so issue two um, kind of kicks off with this um, little MacGuffin where uh, Madame Xanadu has this crystal ball that she uses to, I guess, trap some of the Spectre's power, essentially. Um, so she he, he gets smaller, and all of the heroes that were um transformed or or you know manipulated at the end of last issue are are fixed so that that kind of derails a lot of the tension from the end of the last issue rather quickly which i thought was a little lame um it almost starts a whole new story in the second issue it really kind of does yeah i mean the first issue really is just like table setting and and it was like well, we need to end on a cliffhanger and then start the real story in season uh, in issue two, um, which um, once you know everything is kind of back to normal, the team kind of or the the characters kind of figure out that they have two main goals. One is they need to find a new um, soul to anchor the specter, and the other is they have to fix what's going on in hell and get things back to normal there. So they kind of split into two different teams. Um, the Heaven team is comprised of Alan Scott, Supergirl, who is at this point in continuity, also an angel. She's an Earth angel. Yes. Um, Much like the song from the Back to the Future. <sighs> exactly. Um, uh, so in addition to Alan Scott and Supergirl, Zoriel, who is also an angel, um, Miracle Man... Mr. Miracle. Not Mr. Miracle, Miracle Man. I just wrote down MM um, because next I have WW. Martian Yes. Mr. Miracle, Wonder Multiple Woman, myeloma. and, and <laughs> Raven. <laughs> um, I'm laughing at multiple myeloma. <laughs> I don't know because you're sick. You're sicko. the real sicko. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, so they those uh, characters go to heaven. Uh, going on the hell team, we have Firestorm, Faust, Superman, Zatanna, Adam, and uh, Dead Man hitching a ride in the in the Enchantress. Um, uh, uh, which, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I love when I love when superheroes break into teams. We we've oh, been over this best. before. It's the best. It's it's good and it happens a lot in this series. Yeah, there's um, all these there's all the these first... little sub goals that they have to. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it's a little gamey in that way, um, video gamey. You know, we have these goals that we have to meet, but it's um it is very fun how they break off into teams. And so the the heaven teams are the heaven team is teleported up up to the you know the pearly gates, although they're they're kind of gold they're gold gates, um, by Raven. And they they open the doors. Um, we just say that Mr. Miracle like breaks in essentially. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, and Raven is instantly kind of banished because she's the daughter of Trigon and she can't be in heaven, which is sad. Um, and an angel Michael appears, which interestingly, there's another angel named Michael in the Mark Millar mini who seems completely unrelated. Um, this is the Archangel Michael who guards the gates of heaven. I would imagine that right. that, that other yes, one is yes. not, right? No, it's not. But it's interesting that 
They, they both chose the name Michael, yes. They both chose the name Michael, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, completely different angels named Michael. Um, and um, waiting with Michael at the gates are various members of the JSA, uh, who we will recall last seeing in Zero Hour? Yes, they died in Zero Hour. We have um, uh, the Adam, Mr. Terrific, Hour Man, and Dr. Midnight that we see here. Correct. Correct. Um, going back to the other team, um, we have... Um, well, before we get away from that team, we should just say um, that we get... Uh, I guess we guess we get one page of the hell team. Should we finish? There, the yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, there was there's one page of the of the other team, and I, I was looking at it. and I'm really confused. Kyle's not on this team, is he? I didn't mention him, but I don't. Who's who's making this spaceship? <laughs> this I think, like I think it is Kyle. Is it he, is Kyle. Yeah, is he he's... on the? Is he on that team? Okay, I just I just failed to write him down. Yeah, you're right. Kyle is on the team. Yeah, and he's he's flying them in. Um, okay, yeah, um, you're right. There is one small little scene with that with the Hell team, but there there is another important scene that we have in Heaven. Actually, yeah, that one page kind of cuts in, and I was like, oh, okay, we're moving on to the Hell team, but we're really not. So back to Heaven. Um, there's one other important character who's waiting for them. And it's really the person that they're looking for, um, Jim Corrigan, the original uh, host for the Spectre. They want him, you know, want to try to get him to return and, and take on the role of the Spectre again. And he, he's kind of just not having it. He's like, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> um, I'm good up here. Uh, you guys, you guys have fun. You'll, you'll find someone else. It's fine. Um, he seems happy. Yeah, he's happy. I don't blame him. It's like he, he, he basically says, "Like I did my part, you know. I yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. that for a long time. Now it's time for me to do something else." Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, they they talk to Michael a little bit more, and and basically are are sent um, away to purgatory um, because they they have a better chance of finding someone who. Um, you know, a soul that still has, you know, kind of unfulfilled purpose and potential that, that they can bind to the specter. And so, um, so they're sent along to purgatory. Uh, now, now we're back to the hell team. Yes. Um, where they get to the, to the broken gates, um, that in, in Latin have the abandon all hope ye who enter here. Um, Enchantress realizes that uh, Dead Man is possessing her and kicks him out, and so she's a free agent again. And um, they come up against uh, Cerberus, the real, the real Cerberus, um, apparently. Not the Dave Sim creation. Not the no, nope. <laughs> um, and. Um, And yeah, they um, there's like a weird bit where the Adam lets himself. I don't know if he lets himself get eaten as much as he. No, he he tries to shrink down to go into Cerberus's brain, but he can't shrink fast enough, so he gets eaten. And then 
the enchantress kills him and then there's a weird joke about about stomachs about sir i don't know it's a it's a weird bit he basically has the, the dog has three stomachs and he says ew at the end yeah yeah it's really it's it says they look at least they look like stomachs it, it's a weird bit <laughs> um then we cut back to earth um where madame xanadu is still holding on to the crystal ball and she's being protected by Dr. Occult. Uh, the other characters that are kind of on this Earth team are um, Phantom Stranger, Batman, Captain Marvel, Starfire, Stripes. Um, and uh, Batman um, and the Phantom Stranger are, are talking about uh, locating the Spear of Destiny. Um, which would, you know, in mythology is the uh, spear that uh, pierced Jesus' side at the crucifixion, big, big uh, mythological um, artifact. And so they're going to send uh, Starfire, Captain Marvel, and Stripe to go get the spear, which is in space for some reason uh the only thing i can think of is because this takes place in the same universe as neon genesis evangelion <laughs> well uh, <laughs> yes. uh, uh I, so the pre crisis on infinite earths jsa is really very much informed by the spear of destiny okay uh, essentially there's a bat so hitler has it and the the jsa goes to germany to stop him, and they they do, and maybe they throw it into space. I, I'm gonna guess there's a, there's a good chance that they throw it into space. Um, <laughs> well, and who and who has the, the pick of destiny at this point? That I believe Tenacious D is still in control of the pick of destiny, but I could be wrong about that. Um, but that JSA, there's basically there's a the biggest JSA story right before Crisis is called America versus the Justice Society, and in mm-hmm. that. Uh, basically, it is alleged that the JSA were Nazi counter agents and not actually, uh, you know, on the side of America. And the Spirit of Destiny plays heavily into that too. But that book is—it's like four issues of just a trial where different JSA members recount their old stories. So you basically, if you read that miniseries, you have read—you know every single JSA story pre-crisis. Because every major arc gets mentioned uh, in hilarious fashion. There's one panel where Wildcat is just thinking, and he says, like, uh, you know, uh, no one's really talking about the time that I stopped being a boxer and helped out the kids, but why would they talk about that? <laughs> like, it's just, it's these bizarre little vignettes. Um, but I can't remember if the Spear of Destiny was thrown into the sun or whatever. So maybe that's why it's in space. Maybe because what Zach said. Maybe. Human instrumentality, absolutely. Um, <laughs> next, we go back to hell. Um, the hell is frozen over. It's finally happened, um, and they come to the river sticks and um, find a boat to take them across to to get to, I guess, hell proper. And um, weirdly, like Superman just like leans over in the boat and knocks it over. Um, which I guess it's not weird. I guess we do find out later on that something's up with Superman, but it's never actually shown when that takes place. And so the first time I was reading this, I just thought it was very funny that it looks like Superman just 
leans over in the boat to tip them over. He's from Kansas. He doesn't know from boats. I guess so. I don't. Well, he was in the Navy or the <laughs> Marines. <laughs> You're talking about the fucking John Romita Jr. book. Yeah, I am. <laughs> he I fucked am. a mermaid. He <laughs> did. He really did. I, I forgot about that book immediately. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Oh, not about that till right now. <laughs> well, it was Frank uh, Miller too, wasn't it? Wasn't that Frank Miller was, and JRJR? It was Superman Year One. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so they're they're going for you know just a, a little dive in hell, and then uh, we come to the end of the issue where the the Heaven team has now reached Purgatory. Um, which acts as kind of a superhero limbo. We see a lot of different lost heroes here, uh, like Vigilante, Rick Flag, Sargon the Sorcerer, and most importantly, we find uh, Hal Jordan in his parallax getup. Oh my! And it's the big reveal, and and he says, "Please." Uh, well, he, he says, "I've saved the world from freezing. Please yes. let me save it from burning." Yes, yes, a reference to um, Final Night. And so... That's a very yeah. John's bit of dialogue and a very John's ending to an issue. Very mm-hmm. much so. And and knowing what all John's would go on to do with this character, um, it kind of takes on even a different tone, I think. But I, I wonder, you know, how this would have come across to a reader in in the late 90s yeah i wonder wonder if this was exciting or just because i mean at this point when when was final night that was 95 uh 95 or 6 yeah yeah one of those so i mean hal had only been out of commission for like maybe three or four years at that point right um, but more than that, I feel like this was at a time where I guess you, I guess this is the beginning of characters coming back from the dead. I mean, it's always happened in comics, but like Superman died not that long ago and then he was back. Azrael was Batman for a little while, but now he wasn't. So I guess this isn't that surprising, but it feels like with the lesser, with the lower, with when, when you're not talking about the Trinity, like Wally West had been... Uh, the flash for almost 15 years at this point, you know? So I I think people thought that Kyle was going to be the The green lantern. That's it. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you know, the Trinity are kind of, they aren't, they aren't legacy characters in the same way. Right. They have, they've been given kind of legacies, but they've never had like a clear line of secession, like of succession that like the other characters have had. And you're right. This really is kind of, I think, the first domino because getting it, you know, ahead a little bit right after this is when we get the resurrection of Oliver Queen. Yep. And it all kind of snowballs from there. Yeah. Um, that was the beginning of DC realizing how much money they could make by bringing back the Silver Age characters. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, anything else about issue two? 
Um, I just want to highlight the li- other Limbo characters you mentioned. Uh, we'll talk about them later, but um, I just think it's a really cool role for some of these at this point in time, like forgotten heroes, Vigilante, Sargon. Um, they get to play kind of a cool role, and and uh, yeah, I think it's just the 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 inclusion of them also feels kind of Johnsy in in some ways. It it's kind of interesting to me because I feel like now there almost are no forgotten heroes because even the like D E F list characters get mined for either like I, I feel like the fan is just so much bigger now that even like lesser known characters have their their fans and and you know we get books every once in a while like we get a cave carson book we get a um you know we've even had we've had vigilante books like over the last decade we get uh, like these characters dc and like marvel have realized the value of ip and so like there are no characters that are forgotten because every character is value valuable from a monetary standpoint you know um, maybe the one exception to that it's the one we talked about a few weeks ago is Connor Hawk. Yeah, well, even even Connor, though, like, was kind of alluded to a little bit in, like, Arrow. Right, but we never really saw... But I, I guess on the comic side, I mean. I guess so, yeah. Um, sure, sure. Wasn't... No, there was a Connor Hawk in the New 52, Brian. We've it, talked about this. It was on Earth 2. That doesn't count. Okay, okay. I think that counts still. I mean, it's still it's still the concept being utilized. Sure. Um, but anyway, I just think the idea of like comic book limbo doesn't really exist anymore. Um, because even if a character is not actively being used, they're gonna, you know that they're going to show up again. Uh, it's it's almost like a concept that I don't think could exist in in modern comics right now. Um, but I digress. Issue three, um, issue three opens up with, I, I don't know this, this opening section, I kind of glossed over in my notes. It's, it's mostly more just stuff with the specter and the earth team and them trying to contain the power. Um, the specter makes the phantom strangers face disappear. Um, which is spooky. And then we cut away to the, the space team, which is more interesting. You know, we have Stripe, uh, Captain Marvel, Starfire. They somehow very quickly locate the Spear of Destiny. <laughs> um, it's just floating on an asteroid. Um, it's, it's almost floating like Excalibur, the sword in the stone, right? Like it's, yeah. You know, somebody has to pull it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but not quite protecting it, but but sort of in the vicinity, there are these uh, Russian cosmonauts that they come across. Um, and it seems like at first they're just kind of stranded. Um, they say that they, you know, that they were abandoned um, and that they've woken up. But then you realize that they they, they were dead. They're zombies. They're they're space zombies. Um, 
and so they they have to deal with that. Uh, we cut back to purgatory. Um, back to um, Hal and you know the the other group and Alan Scott is very quick to you know kind of accept Hal's offer he has a lot of faith in him um, but the other characters are are a little more apprehensive and and we'll get a lot that's basically the rest of the series um, essentially <laughs> it's just it's just um, Hal wanting to do the right thing and Batman being a dick basically um, but as kind of an outward showing of his intentions he um, kind of sheds the parallax appearance and uh, transforms back into Hal Jordan Green Lantern which is a, a pretty cool moment um, uh, however some angels show up and uh, say no you can't have him Hal is ours and then one character you can't tell who it is just says "Oh, nuts <laughs> and then we move on. <laughs> Would have been really funny if that was just the end. It's like, no, sorry, Hal, can't. Yeah. It's not gonna work. Oh, nuts. Um, back to Hal. There's this long extended sequence, which is visually kind of interesting, I guess, but ultimately just kind of a lot of fluff. Where um, the the different characters are uh, floating in the river sticks. Uh, kind of reliving their own personal hells um the adams is really weird where he's just kind of like in this never ending um i, I don't like it's like what is that i don't know what that effect is called where you you know where you're like between two mirrors and it creates this like never ending effect but it, it's like that but it's just he's being cut open and he's within himself every time it's really gross um but Faust uh, is able to escape because he doesn't have a soul. His dad sold his soul. Um, his dad went out for a pack of cigarettes with his yeah. soul and never came back. His soul never came back. No, it's it's int- it's of note and it's important that Felix Faust traded Faust Jr.'s soul to a demon named Neberos, um to get power, but instead Faust got the power. Um, so he saves the Enchantress, and they uh, seem to have a little bit of chemistry. Um, and then it's kind of implied that Faust is going to save everyone else. Um, back to Earth, um, they are still trying to protect Madame Xanadu. Uh, Katana is there, who I don't think I mentioned earlier. Um, she's been using her soul sword to defeat the demons, which is a, a great use of Katana. Um, she's still in her um, kind of more classic costume, which I, I kind of would have assumed that she would have moved to like a more modern, modern costume by this point. I don't really know when that happens. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Um, we get a great reveal of Dr. Colt, Dr. Occult's dual identities and like a very cool moment where Zatanna drops, or not Zatanna, Katana drops her sword and Dr. Occult catches it before switching to his Rose persona. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very anime moment, mm-hmm. I thought. It's very cool. <laughs> at, at this point, and for a long time, doc, uh, Dr. Occult is both, uh, basically a husband and wife team inside of the persona yeah i think we saw that in mystic you as well oh you remember that yes 
I, I think that was a plot point in Mystic U, um, which is the thing that I sometimes forget about. Um, then we cut away to another team um, that are in Salem, and this team is uh, looks like Hawk Woman or Hawk Girl. I don't. My my Hawk. I believe at this point it's fuzzy. Girl. It's Hot Girl. Okay, Hot so. Girl, Star Girl, Jay Garrick, Starman, Jack Knight, Starman, um, and they are looking for the Tower of Fate, which is not there until it's there. And uh, Doctor Fate shows up with a hanged woman. It looks like. I was a little unclear on what was happening there. I'm trying to find the page now. Um, it's a uh, it's page thirteen. Yeah. I think it's maybe implied that it's a it's a demon because they they also find another corpse that has an onk in its forehead. Yes. Mm. Um. But yeah, so now now Doctor Fate is here, um, back to Purgatory. Um, the team is trying to fight the angels so that they can take, um, so that they can take Hal with them. Um, they they're trying to use Zoriel's sword to cut a portal out of purgatory so they can get back to earth but an angel blows his sword out um which was very funny um and so you hate you hate when your sword gets blown out um but he uses supergirl's flame wings to relight his sword um to which zoriel says maybe there's more to you earth burn earthborn angels than i believed um the whole the whole angel supergirl thing is something that i'm aware of but actually had completely forgotten about i want to say it's i want to say it's right after this when peter david launched his supergirl series and in that series the earth angel supergirl separates from the uh cara danvers supergirl so there's the the Supergirl we follow is like a slightly depowered one who's Kara, but there's still this like Earth Angel, almost like an elemental Supergirl flying around too. And these are all different than the Matrix Supergirl. Oh Christ! So I believe that the Matrix Supergirl somehow is retconned into the Earth Angel Supergirl. Okay. But I, I could be wrong about that. Supergirl is one of the most confusing characters in dc's well, stable it's really weird how much dc mucked up both supergirl and power girl post crisis on infinite earths well with... so the, the whole reason for that was that they needed to find a way like i, I because supergirl dies in crisis right so the supergirl who shows yes. up so 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 power girl is um the earth 2 supergirl but because the jsa now happened on Earth One, she winds up showing up, but she can't really be Superman's cousin here. It's it's, it's a whole mess. It's just well, like, it's like it's like in in you have two Supergirls essentially, but the way they handled it, you end up having neither of them be Superman's cousin or from Krypton for a right. long time, for a which long is time, very weird. For a long time, Power Girl is Atlantean, which right. is really fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah, so Power Girl is Atlantean, Supergirl is an angel, check, check, 
comics are normal. Um, but uh, Zoriel does reignite his sword, and um, they escape with the help of the the lost heroes who kind of um, you know keep the angels occupied while they make their mis- make their escape. And how promises that uh, vigilante in particular won't be forgotten. Just vigilante, though. Um, he's the <laughs> only one who counts. Um, we cut back to the Hell team. They have reached the city of Dis. Um, and it, it it's frozen over. They're going to try to find a way to reignite the fires of Hell. But in, instead, they come across... Uh, none other than the demon Neberos who uh, made the deal for Faust's soul. And he has, uh, I guess, what is supposed to be Satan's trident, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Or not trident. I guess it's. it looks like a trident. Satan usually has a pitchfork. I think it's even referred to as, it's the whole, yeah. The king of lies himself has lent me his unholy trident to swallow your souls. Um Back on Earth. Can I just pause for one second here? Sure, go ahead. Have either of you guys read uh, Hellboy in Hell? No. No. A lot of the visual imagery here is essentially Hell. It doesn't quite freeze over, but just it's essentially Hell becomes abandoned at a certain mm-hmm. point. And so the sort of like barren look of Hell is is not too dissimilar from what we have here. And because Matt Dow Smith is kind of Mignola-esque, it's it's very Hellboy and Helly in, in places. That's all. Is that good? I mean, I've heard Hellboy and Hell is quite good. Hellboy and Hell is really good, but Mignola had said when it started that that was the comic he was going to draw for the rest of his life, that it was going to be like this very long, very slow comic that maybe you get one or two issues a year some years, but it would be just like that's all he wants to do is draw Hellboy in Hell. And then it ran like 10 issues or something and wrapped up. So Nice. Yeah. No, it's not nice. I, I wanted that comic for 40 more years. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I forgive you. Um, so back on Earth, um, they finally give up on protecting the crystal and they just give it to Etrigan um, and it explodes. And then we're back in space. And the the team is fighting the the Russian space zombies. The Zombonauts. The Zombonauts, yeah. And Starfire grabs the Spear of Destiny and kind of gets a little nutty with it. Um, <laughs> back to Earth, um, now that the, uh, the crystal ball is broken asmodel specter has his powers back but at the same time the uh heaven purgatory team reappears with hal in tow and uh batman's just not having it no way no way jose uh hal should not get a second chance and it looks like he might not get to because uh the specter instantly turns him into uh, stained glass and destroys him and the story's over (laughs) which is great yeah um it's very it's very cartoony because his like his hand turns into glass but it it almost doesn't even look like glass he looks like a like a flat stanley basically (laughs) (laughs) um well before we get to issue uh number four we should take a quick break unless anyone else want to say about three zach or no 
No, no, it just ends, and Hal is broken, and we're never going to see him again. All right, well, let's all mourn Hal Jordan on this real quick. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. All right, we're back with issue four. Uh, we open up with something that is very, I feel very Johnsian, uh, where we get uh, kind of a run through of what's going on in different countries with different teams. I guess lots of writers do this, but we just read Doomsday Clock where this was like all over the place. So, And there, um, was some, there were some characters in Doomsday Clock that are featured on this first page. For sure, yeah. So in Russia, we've got the Rocket Reds. In Eastern Europe, we've got the Outsiders. Uh, South Africa, we've got Animal Man, uh, Buona Beast, and I don't uh, maybe Changeling slash Beast Boy. I don't I'm know if guess that's, that's Beast Boy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what's wild about this? Before we go any further, what like he Johns doesn't really do much with them in this issue, but it is weird how he basically returns to the concept of international heroes in doomsday clock as a focus that also immediately got dropped as soon as that story was over. But sure. Yeah. He also did like the global guardians and green lantern. Mm, yep. Yep. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he, he, that's why I said it, it felt a little Johnsian. Um, but, uh, the title of this issue, I haven't been doing all the titles, but this one is, uh, particularly relevant to Brian's tastes. It's the end of the world as we know it. I am the uh, REM boy. He's he is. Um, <laughs> I never mind. I just thought of a funny REM non sequitur, but I won't. No, I won't say, go it, there. say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Um. Uh, so uh, for the Nintendo GameCube, there was this uh, music <laughs> rhythm game. Uh, called Donkey Konga that used uh, bongo, yeah, bongo peripherals, mm-hmm. and I was a big fan of the cover of Shiny Happy People. Uh, okay. That was, I think, was I can't remember if, if, remember if it was in the first or second Donkey Konga, but that was the that was my introduction to Shiny Happy People. Um, there were two Donkey Kongas. Oh yes, Vince, there absolutely were. Uh, the shit. first one, the first one was about half uh, Nintendo. Uh, songs then some other you know covered tracks the second one was mostly covered tracks and it it featured um i actually think the first one is the one that had mighty mighty boss tones uh the impression that i get the second one had uh such tracks as um trapped headstrong (laughs) and um Oh, what else was on there? I feel like the impression uh, that I hit get... Hit him Up Style was on there. <laughs> I feel like the impression uh, that I get is our... Um, what's her name from the New 52 who was in all the first issues? Like, if you listen Pandora. to... Pandora. Pandora. If you listen yeah. to all of our podcasts, we, the, the impression that I get comes up <laughs> somewhere in every episode. 
our our pandora is austin powers let's be yeah baby i've never seen austin powers imagine if imagine imagine if uh austin powers were in every first issue of the new 52 (laughs) (laughs) just just having his cock blocked by different objects you can't see it Only sailors wear lantern rings, baby. Oh, God. Oh, man. Zach, that reminds me. If you haven't seen it, there was a joke in uh, Day of Judgment number three where um, Dr. Occult, someone calls him Mr. Occult, and he says, he says, he basically says, like, I didn't. Uh, I didn't I go didn't... to occult medical school to be called Mr. Yeah, basically, which is, a, which is an Austin Powers joke. I mean, it's a joke that's older than that, but. It's it's the document. It didn't originate though. with it like the two thousand seven hit film bucket list. <laughs> now that is a deep deep uh that is dive on farmers only. Yes. Um so wait a minute. I just time out here from the front we're still recording, but so Zach was supposed to watch Austin Powers. Vince was supposed to watch the leftovers. What was I supposed to watch? Was uh, it Dragon Ball Z? Dra- all of Dragon oh, Ball Z. All of Dragon Ball Z. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We, we have we have to get to work on these guys. We're, we're, we we're really slacking do. off here. We yeah. really do. Um, <laughs> gosh. Um, so much like the beginning of issue two, where everything was actually just okay. Um, we get that same thing again here, um, where Humpty Hal gets put back together again. Um, but I, I guess it's just by sheer force of will, right? Yes. yes. He just yeah. does it because he's just, Hal It's just immediately we need to undo this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also exactly like, it is very much like the rest of John's Green Lantern to a T. Like th- this is it. Um, yeah. Hal is Goku. He can do anything. <laughs> That's right. Um, I was trying to check and see, I, I don't actually know if Day of Judgment predates JSA or not, so I wasn't sure if it this is the first. No, it doesn't. No, because there are characters here who, yeah, I, I'm I am pretty sure that JSA is happening right now. I, you know, what, while you uh, while you host, I'll look that up. Okay, I mean, I know that they are like very close. I couldn't find like the first issue of jsa it says came out in june of 99 i wasn't sure what the exact release date of day of judgment is so i wasn't sure if this is like the first appearance of the jsa it seems more likely that it's you know just a bit of crossover here um which which john's was co-writing that book as of like issue four i think it's four or five yeah yeah issue oh yeah, maybe maybe five. It's very early. But then he doesn't take over the book, like uh, totally until, gosh, it's in the thirties, I think. Okay, yeah, it looks like issue six was the first one that was Johns and Goyer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Robinson and Goyer first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. First five issues were Robinson and Goyer. Um, but yeah, so Johns Johns was going to play a role in that eventually. So. Um, JSA shows up. Um, Hal fights the Spectre. Um, Sorry, time out here one second, Zach. Uh, yeah. Day Judgment 4 is November 99. 
Okay. Okay. So at this point, JSA was going on already. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Um, Hal's finding the Spectre um, and other characters are, are kind of hopping in to help. We get some good Ragman stuff. Uh, he made an appearance at the beginning of the series with the Sentinels, but hasn't really, really done very much since then. Miss um, Ragman, do you guys remember the rag wasn't there a new 52 ragman miniseries it was that none of rebirth. us read it was no it was rebirth era was it yeah it was like um it was one of those five or six issue miniseries that came out right around rebirth remember he was like he was a veteran i really thought it was new 52 though but you're right it is rebirth that is weird <laughs> How how can you remember like how many issues something from the New Fifty Two was? Would you fuck this up? <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. I really well because you remember the New Fifty Two had all of those like weird six issue character reintroductions like the yeah. the Ray and all of those like Earth X <laughs> characters. And, yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I thought I just thought it was one of those. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, so yeah, he shows up. the The occult characters all kind of team up to use their magic to give to give Hal some extra power, and he uh, creates constructs of not all of, but a lot of the Green Lantern Corps, all of the iconic kind of characters. You know, Kilowog, uh, Gnort, um, Tomar, Tomar, Tomar Ray, um, the one that yeah, Avansur, the one that looks like a giant crystal ball thing with tentacles um i forget his name i think kat matui is in there um a lot of a lot of great lantern characters um that's a great moment it's a good it's a very good moment um it's it's a it's a good moment that is slightly undercut if you were reading the green lantern ongoing at the time because like four or five months before this kyle rayner essentially does that same thing oh nice well definitely by, it's by... more important when when Hal does it, though. Of course, yes. <laughs> um, What's so cool a... about what when Kyle does it is that so Kyle creates um, constructs of uh, John, Hal, Alan, and Guy, but the constructs create their own constructs. So you oh. see each of the lanterns like making their own weapon against effigy, and they're all just like. Uh, John Stewart creates like this this giant like hulking monster. Hal, of course, uses a boxing glove. This is the best one. Alan Scott creates a trombone player who like hits him with the trombone. It's great. Absolutely. Yeah, it's fantastic. Anyway, so um, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, there's a great bit here where Asmodel he he says by the Pax Dei it cannot be the Green Lantern Corps, which I think is very weird. Like he's an angel and has seen probably just the weirdest stuff and now he is taken aback that the green lantern core is there i don't know i thought that, that was like very weird um yeah the thing that should not be yeah but but this also the green lantern core kind of from here on out will go on to like play really important roles at the end of major events <laughs> Um, particularly I'm thinking like green, uh, infinite crisis and final crisis. Um, they're not, sort of perfect day ex machina. They really are. They just, they just show up and, and wreck house, you know? 
Um, so I don't know. I don't think it's not particularly connected or anything, although Johns would go on to write Infinite Crisis. Um, but, you know, we'll, of course, talk about those things more when we get there. Um, back to the space team. Starfire is running amok with the Spear of Destiny and um, Stripe uh, uses a, a burst of electricity to stun her so that uh, Captain Marvel can get the spear uh, back in hell, they're fighting Neboros, um, who uses magic to take out Superman. Um, then, I guess I haven't mentioned this, but Faust has been carrying around a, a bag or a sack full of bones this whole time. And we, that finally gets payoff here, uh, where he, he releases the bones, and we find out that they were actually the bones of Blue Devil, who is resurrected here. Um I don't. So we saw Blue Devil in Underworld Unleashed. Yes. He made that deal with Neuron that went mm -hmm. bad. Did we ever see Blue Devil die? In that comic? If, uh, in in any of the events or anything that we've seen. He didn't. He have a. He had like a series coming out of that. I think. Okay. I could be pulling that out of my ass. I, I, but, I wasn't uh, sure. I couldn't remember if he had made like some kind of heroic sacrifice since then, but I guess Underworld Unleashed hasn't been that long ago. Um, yeah, when but, was that? 1996? It was after Zero Hour for sure, right? Yeah. Yeah, it yes. had to have been. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it was pretty recent. So we don't know what Blue Devil's been up to, but he's back again. He's fine. He's good again. And this is kind of the beginning of what I would consider like the modern incarnation of Blue Devil, the one that I'm more familiar with from like Shadow Pact and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, he uh, he beats up on Neboros and he uh, ends up taking the the trident. Um which I'm starting to get what's the deal with what's the deal with <laughs> what's the deal I'm like thinking ahead a bit here I, I can't quite remember there's a thing with like a he gets a tattoo maybe that's in the next issue I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself um, but yeah he, he takes the trident from Neboros and they defeat him and then uh, Superman, Green Lantern, Firestorm all use their energy powers to try to reignite the pits of hell, um, but they can't do it, uh, not even a spark. And so um, in order to get the pits to reignite, um, Faust, he, he knows what has to be done. So he uh, he actually, oh, I missed a big, a very important thing um, in, in killing Neboros, Faust gets his soul back. And so in the very next page, he kills Enchantress, which causes him to lose his soul again. And that reignites the fire. Doesn't just um, kill her. That happens too. He, he slits her throat. It's it's pretty. It's pretty it's dark. It's gruesome. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty dark. Yeah. He slits her throat and throws her down the pit, which causes it to reignite. It's a very, very dramatic moment. Um, uh, but the day is saved. All of, you know, dubious morals aside. Um, we cut back to Earth. Um, the characters from Hell, um, having completed their mission, return to Earth. Uh, Captain Marvel has 
dropped the spear um, from space, and it looks like Etrigan is about to get it, but Captain Marvel reclaims it and uses it to cut the specter, um, which opens up an opportunity for Hal to make his final attack or his his final attempt to uh, take over um, possession of the specter and it's we're kind of just left at that point everyone's just kind of sitting around you know looking around you know at the specter which is kind of subdued right now as he's having this kind of internal struggle and we get the reveal that um something's up with superman you know we kind of alluded that he he hasn't been exactly right over the course of the series he kind of distorts in a weird way and then knocks out uh, Batman and Green Lantern, and it's revealed that. Well, actually, it's not revealed. He he just says um, he's going to take control of the Spectre, um, and the the Spectre's power will be his, along with everyone's souls. So Superman is bad now. That's right. Yeah, but actually, never. Batman's the one who's always bad. Um, <laughs> So that's the end of issue four. Uh, anything before we go to the last issue? No, I think that no. covers it. Okay. Okay. Um, it's sort so of. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I do want to say just one kind of one quick thing. It is sort of amazing how, like, definitely this issue brings more of the hell stuff that had been gone the last couple of issues, but this really becomes a Hal Jordan event about halfway through. And talking about it now, you realize just how much that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think even, like, yeah, from issue three on, you know, he shows up at the end of issue two, and um, it really is all about Hal, and this last issue especially. Um, so a significant portion of the issue takes place within the Spectre um, in this kind of, um, you know, astral projection type thing um, where uh, Hal is fighting against Asmodel, who looks super he's 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 normal as Medell, but he has this skull hat on and these weird ribs digging into him and he uses bones uh to attack very very creepy um back on the mortal plane um we see superman vomiting profusely and we find out uh coming off the cliffhanger from last issue that the thing that is uh, possessing him is Neron. Um, I don't know when that possession was sp- supposed to have happened. Um, I don't. I don't feel like it was telegraphed that well because I didn't really notice anything until, you know, the reveal that Superman was going bad at, at the end of issue four. Um, but it definitely makes sense for Neron to be in this because he he's had a hand in all these things. Um, the heroes fight Neron for a little bit, um, but eventually he kind of breaks away and uses the spear to join Hal and Asmodel within the Spectre. Uh, they have this big battle over who is going to, you know, be the final host for the Spectre, and of course, you know, Hal. Hal is the one who's found worthy, and we get the great reveal of the new Hal Jordan Spectre, which. 
I've always thought looks really cool. It's basically the it's it's Hal's Green Lantern costume, um, but the the colors are all kind of inverted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he still has his domino mask and the the Spectre cloak. It looks very cool. Um, he traps Neuron inside a Green Lantern battery, um, and saves the day. Um, Jim Corrigan comes and essentially just he, he teleports in to give his blessing and then he's gone. And um, essentially that's pretty much it. Um, there, there's a few, you know, status quo type wrap up things. Um, but, you know, the series could just kind of ends with Hal uh, becoming the new specter. Um, the implication that there's going to be this, new sentinels of magic team although i don't think that there was actually ever a book for them um and and also and the implication that something isn't quite right in heaven um again i don't know if that's something that was ever picked up on um but i feel like it ends in a in an interesting place you missed one little thing which is we What's get a that? we get a quintessence quintessence appearance. Yeah, I think we actually saw them a little bit earlier in the series too, but I, I didn't mention them then either, just because they don't they don't play a super big role. Yeah. But yes, the quintessence does show up. Um. Yeah, I I meant to look ahead of time to see if there ever was a, a Sentinels of Magic book. I don't. Think I don't that think there so, was. I don't and think I don't so even. Either. Do they ever even refer to them as that again? I maybe they do. Um, let me do. Let me do a quick little. I'm already on it. I, I, yeah, I, no, I it just looks like they were only in Day of Judgment. I just feel like they just changed to calling most of these characters Shadow Pack eventually, and then just like Dark. Yeah, yeah, because Shadow Pact was like. And that was Infinite Crisis that introduced the Shadow Pack. Yeah. 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 In, again, again, another Johns thing. Right. Um, in in, wouldn't it have been in Day of Vengeance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that was. Um, There's actually was, a lot of different characters, though. Yeah. There's there's a handful that are the same. Um, Ragman, Enchantress, Blue Devil, but then there's um, Jim Rook, uh, there's Nightshade, Bobo, Bobo, who uh, did Bobo briefly appear in Day of Judgment, or am I misremembering? No, you're, you're thinking, you're of, thinking of the next thing. <laughs> oh, shit, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, I never thought I'd think of that again, <laughs> um. And and Faust is kind of in this Sentinels of Magic team, seemingly. And there's an interesting bit about Faust that I kind of alluded to earlier with in the Secret Origins book, where there's a two-page epilogue where it's revealed that Faust actually did not kill June Moon. He didn't kill June Moon, he killed the Enchantress. He killed the Enchantress, and so by doing so, June Moon was free. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which completely changes the reading on the character because I kind of brushed over it a little bit, but there's a little bit of, you know, moral 
philosophizing by some of the characters on whether or not um, what Faust did was right. A lot of that is, I think, kind of to telegraph that Superman isn't quite right because he's kind of just going along with it. Like, yes, this needed to be done. Um, but the the way that this main series ends, it's kind of, you know, Faust is in a place where he he killed someone um, and the implications along with that. But then that little two-page story kind of absolves him of that in a way. It's very weird. It is weird, yeah. So there's a Green Lantern story that follows up from this where essentially uh, Kyle and Hal get to hang out a little bit. Not a ton happens in it, but there's this weird status quo, which is mentioned in the JLA tie-in also, where basically when when people encounter Hal now, they don't remember it afterwards. Yes, because mm-hmm. which is which is weird because I don't feel like that was a Spectre thing when Jim Corrigan was a Spectre. Like they all knew that Jim Corrigan was the Spectre. Yes, and they might know that Hal is a Spectre. They just don't remember meeting him. I guess so. It's, it's weird. very weird. <laughs> it is weird, um, but yeah, Hal would go on to be the Spectre. Uh, in his own series, which we found out ran for 27 issues, um, and to and would remain the Spectre until 2004, 2005, when Johns uh, started Green Lantern Rebirth and um, kind of retconned his own story a little bit for the reason, the rationale why the Spectre chose how, and a, a lot of stuff happened, and it, it was all it's history from there. Can we talk about how is the Spectre sort of like an, an overview of that for a minute? Absolutely. Zach, you've been texting with us all week how you're going to write some fanfic about Kyle staying the main Green Lantern and Hal staying the Spectre. Um. I think that's really interesting because to me this sets up a fascinating status quo where the Spectre's always been this like overpowered kind of aloof character but tying Hal to that character makes the Spectre infinitely more interesting. Like you said, Zach, he can act as sort of a... He can still be the Spectre but he's also sort of a mentor for Kyle Rayner if he stayed in this role and it just allows everybody to tell a story that isn't so regressive. But obviously that doesn't happen. He's the Spectre for less than five years. Yeah. Yeah. And and even just thinking in the context of like Johns' run, which, you know, a, a major center point of that is Blackest Night, which dealt with um, death and the afterlife and, and a lot of those kinds of themes. Having Hal as the Spectre during that, I feel like, would have been very interesting. I mean, obviously Hal's death comes up in Blackest Night a little bit, but it, it just seems thematically a lot more appropriate. And to, to see Kyle dealing with all of those things, just uh, it, yeah, mm-hmm. it, I think it would have been really cool. Um, but, you know, by that time, by Blackest Night, uh, even Barry was back. So yeah. the, the, the pendulum had, completely swung back the other way and almost all of the silver age characters were back so and then the ones that weren't back blackest night brought back yeah yeah arthur and uh 
<laughs> Why are the only two I can think of Arthur and Maxwell Lord? Uh, so it was Arthur, Maxwell Lord, both Hawk and Dove. Or was it just Hawkman? I think it was just Hawkman. And then Hawk and Dove. There were 12. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Brightest Day eventually. We don't have to do this. <laughs> yes, we will. Uh, Jade, I believe, right? Didn't Jade come back then? Did she? I thought Jade was already... Was she? No. Was she? Mm, I don't know. Firestorm. Firestorm. Ronnie. Yeah, I don't know. There were twelve of them. People are um, shouting at their iPad, at their iPhones right now. <laughs> Listen yeah, to this, but that's okay. I've I've got that. Um, do you remember those connecting covers that uh, Ryan Sook did? For brightest day yes that had all of the 12 like sitting on thrones yes those were good martian manhunter was one martian of those manhunter. Um, johnny uh, yeah yeah um but yeah that's pretty much all for day of judgment i liked it it was fine um i i think right, most ready? of you're, it you ready here Maxwell Lord, Professor Zoom, Jade, The Hawk, Captain Boomerang, Firestorm, Marshman Hunter, Aquaman, Hawkman, Hawk Girl, and Dead Man and Osiris. Oh, that's right. I was thinking Dead Man, but I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But all of Brightest Day was about him being alive again. I forgot about yes. that. Mm -hmm. And Osiris, right. Oh, man. <laughs> Gosh. And now the DCU was so wacky. <laughs> And now, can you guys do you guys know the next place that we saw Felix Felix Faust's kid after Day of Judgment? Yeah. No. I think there's only one answer. I think we've I think we've only ever seen him one other time. I could be wrong. Really? But I kind of think so. All right, we have to guess this. We have to. Um. Is it Blackest Night? No. Oh, I'm wrong. There's one. I'm, I just Googled it. No, there's one other time, but it's not the one I'm thinking of. So there's two. Oh, here we. Well, I mean, I've already. I've looked it up now. Yeah. What the hell, Zach? We're playing a game. I could have never guessed this. So, and I don't think you could have either. What is it, Vincy? Are we going to have to read this book <laughs> no. for our thing? <laughs> Are you talking about the Black Baptism? Yes. That's not what I was thinking. Of. That's I did not know about that. I don't even know what that is. I think we're going to have to read Black Baptism, guys. Oh, jeez. No, no, no. I'm no, kidding. I don't... I'm kidding. Uh but then later he was in Suicide Squad Black Files in the in DC Rebirth. Wow. He was also in an issue of Checkmate. No, he wasn't. He, was, no, he does not, not appear in it. He does not appear. Okay. He was also in that offshoot Mystic U, which wasn't wasn't in the new. It wasn't in the um, continuity. Right. But it was that. It was that. Uh, Is that uh, mentioned it before? Mike Norton, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mentioned that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. Um, okay. Well, anyway, the yeah. Marjorie no, Lou. 
or not no uh, uh Quitney is her last name um Al- Al- alicia yeah. Quitney. Or alicia- oh yes 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 okay yeah we're not we're not reading black baptism it was a four issue jla miniseries uh we're not we're not reading that no we'll see we'll see no 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 i can't believe we're reading uh the, the thing that we're thing. reading next, yeah. yeah. Why don't you tell everyone, Brian, what the next thing that we're reading is? JLA Guerrilla Warfare. You you enjoy JLA, Paul? Yeah, yeah. Uh, gorillas. <laughs> and they play Eight Man by the Kinks. Then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I knew you'd finish that off for me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, so yeah, we're gonna be JLA Guerrilla Warfare next, which I, uh, I think we're gonna have fun with that with that episode. <laughs> fun. It's got to sure. be more fun than reading the books. So we'll go from there. But anyway, thank you for listening. If you have any Day of Judgment thoughts, we'd love to hear it. You can tweet at two thirds of us. I am at Brian needs an app. I am at Wilker Fox. If you need to find Vince, he is currently uh figuring out where all three austin powers films are streaming so we can send the link to, to zach so zach can start I think, his i think they're all on netflix oh, they, they had they had been at one point well look who's already started his homework then oh hbo max is now the home of austin uh, powers international man of mystery <laughs> well I've, I've got that so i'll do it all right okay. we'll check back here for all your austin powers news next time and uh thanks for listening. Have either of you ever seen Big Night? Big Night. I've I've read no, the I've final, read night. final Night. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, there's the stinger. There's the stinger. <laughs>